From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're discussing the impact that too much alcohol can have on your pillars of intimacy. And there's a quote from Anonymous that says, alcohol is a perfect solvent. It destroys marriages, families, and careers. And in this episode, we're really just focused on the marriage part of that equation. That's what we're going to be talking about. But first and foremost, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is really our opportunity to say, hey, job well done. Mm -hmm. It's great how you're working on your marriage. This hug comes from an email message that we received that started with, although on the surface, we seem to have it all together. We have always struggled with our sexual intimacy, something that we've struggled with for years. My wife has struggled more so this last time with the latest addition to our family, our third child. Mm -hmm. Sadly, we were living in a sexless marriage. I honestly could not tell you the last time we had sex or even touch each other for that matter. We'd only made love once in the past year. I was going to say they got pregnant. Yes, there was a child. After listening to several podcast episodes in your book on the six pillars, I sat down last night with my wife outside on our patio and talked about our marriage, relationship, sexual intimacy, how I, and how I felt rejected every time I would try to initiate sex and be met with nothing. I confessed to her that I turned to pornography to fulfill my physical needs and desires and that I had several thoughts on ending our marriage. We had a great conversation. In fact, one of the best conversations we've had in a very long time about bo what we both wanted when it came to our sexual, physical, emotional, and recreational intimacies. Mm. Later that night, we both went to bed feeling like we were no longer carrying an unnecessary weight. Although we did not have sex, she was able to let me give her a great orgasm. Hmm. We laid there in bed afterwards, our hearts finally feeling happy. As you say in your book, baby steps. Hmm. Thank you for your wisdom and guidance. Yeah. Well, and, and I love it, you know, although we did not have sex, I, and what, what we'd say there is sexual intercourse, right? Because sexual intimacy is that romance, that initiating foreplay and sexual intercourse. And, mm -hmm. and I would say the two of them definitely did some romance. There was yeah. definitely some initiating and there's foreplay that led to orgasm. Mm -hmm. So you and I talked about it in, in a, our episode this past well, a couple of months ago when we talked about our summer sex challenge mm -hmm. and how that definition and, and us even writing that chapter, sexual intimacy, you writing that chapter, sexual intimacy in the Thank six pillars the of, in the six mm -hmm. pillars of intimacy, how that just helped us even during mm -hmm. that time to go, you know what? Sex doesn't need to be just sexual intercourse. There are many a ways that we can feel close and connected through our sexual intimacy, even if it's just even if there isn't intercourse. Absolutely. And just so. how incredible the the emotional intimacy and you know it's amazing what happens when a couple gets truly transparent mm -hmm. and just feeling that weight lift off of both of them. So, you know, this yep. is a couple that's taking those baby steps yep. and you know, working on creating their extraordinary marriage. That's it. And that's that's a beautiful thing. You know, as we jump into this episode, you know, Tony said from the onset that we're talking about how too much alcohol can impact all of your pillars of intimacy. And, you know, caveat at the top of the show, Tony and I do drink. Like we are not coming at this from as a couple who never drinks and doesn't touch the stuff or anything like that. We know that there are all different kinds of um, viewpoints when it comes to alcohol. 
What we are specifically talking about in this episode is what happens when there is, and I'm going to give you a few different phrases here, when there's excessive drinking, Mm -hmm. binge drinking, problematic drinking, you know, what you all define that, right? There's no one set definition when it comes to too much drinking, because that can look different for different people. Mm -hmm. And what I also want to say is this may not be happening in your marriage, but likely you know a couple where this might be happening and this might be the episode that you need to actually share because you've seen things happen and they need a lifeline. So even if it's not you, don't turn off the episode. Keep listening because you're thinking about that other couple. Yeah. I think a lot of us would, this is going to be one of those episodes that we're sharing with friends. As Elisa said, hey, we drink. Um, I cannot remember personally the last time that I was drunk. That And that's literally, I, I cannot remember. You know, we will have, we will go out on a date and we will share a beer. I mean, that's sort of like we, we enjoy the taste. It's a little something different. And yet it's not like you're going to come up to our table and see, you know, six bottles of beer and maybe a couple, you know, mixed drinks. Mm-hmm. That, that's just not who we are. And yet over the years, Elisa and I have run across many a couples where it's not uncommon to start talking to them and, and talking about alcohol or being around them where, you know, a wine bottle or two is polished off every night. Mm-hmm. And those are the, this is, this is where we're talking. And so as Elisa said, be cognizant for yourself. What does that look for you? One drink for you, maybe six for somebody else. Mm-hmm. This is about you. This isn't about pointing fingers. This isn't us pointing fingers about how much you drink, do drink, don't drink. That isn't it. Like this is you doing a, a little self check and a self reflection on on yourselves and your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and this really came out of the fact that there's been a lot of coaching conversations lately around the presence of alcohol in marriage, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know how it impacts the relationships and and you know situations that have occurred in a marriage when alcohol and business trips are mixed where, you know, like Tony said, um, you know, either a couple or one of the spouses needs a bottle of wine every night where heavy drinking by one spouse then starts to impact the conversations the two of you are having or your time together or even trust. And there was this pattern that started coming up in these conversations. And, and that, you know, what I started to see and what I started to hear was that problematic alcohol use, which is what I'm calling it. I'm sure there's probably, you know, alcohol use like that's just what I'm going to call it It, it's problematic it is causing a problem in your marriage in some way shape or form cracks are happening in your pillars and that's what I was just going to say it impacts the pillars of intimacy and if it's not addressed it's like that quote that I shared with you all at the beginning of this episode it's a perfect solvent it will destroy the marriage it will destroy the family it will destroy careers and here's the thing tony and i don't ever get behind these microphones because we want you guys to destroy your marriage we get behind these microphones week in and week out because we want to see you take action become aware and then be able to take action if something is happening in your marriage if there are cracks in your pillars and even preparing for this episode i was you know i started doing some research and and part of what happened here even creating this episode was that we all know the world we've lived in for the last two and a half years Mm -hmm. right we have been in the middle of a global pandemic and you know there was a lot of joking in the early days of the pandemic about the alcohol use right oh and the 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 sales 
skyrocketed. I remember listening and seeing um, articles and just segments on TV uh, stations just talking about the spike mm-hmm. in sales. And I'm going to be sharing some of that. But first, just getting real quick back to this point on the destructive nature of alcohol. There was a study done at the University of Buffalo Research Institute on addictions. Very long very long phrasing there, that determined a marriage is more likely to end in divorce if one of the parties is a heavy drinker. That's defined as six or more drinks consumed at one time or or drinking until intoxicated. The study establishes established that marriages end in divorce 50% of the time when one spouse drinks heavily. And I'm going to have a link to that study here in the episode notes for those of you who want to dive into it deeper. Mm-hmm. And You know, we have, I know Tony said he can't remember the last time that he got drunk. I actually remember for me the last time I got like throw up drunk and it was. This is many years ago. It it is. It's, it's prior to kids. It is prior to kids. It would have been the fall of 96. You were getting ready. No, 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 no. 2000. 2001. It was the fall of 2000. I was like, Five my years. brain was yes. jumping back much further. It was the fall of 2001. You were getting ready to move to Spokane, Washington. I was going to be following you and we had a going away party. Yes. And you were leaving the next morning and we'd had all our friends over and I was just having a good old time and I was drunk and I woke up the next morning with a hangover and you were mad. I was. I, I still remember just that like, great, I'm leaving today and you're like hungover and you're sick. And it was just this disappointment and it was the frustration and anger. And like I could pull out the emotion wheel right now and there's probably like four of the words that I could use to describe that moment. But I remember that. That was the last time that I remember being drunk. And we have a history of heavy alcohol use like in, going back to our dating relationship. I mean, we've shared in previous episodes where, you know, when I first met Tony, it was literally like three days after his 21st birthday. And he spent that summer enjoying the fact that he was 21 and being able to legally now go to the bars in Boulder mm-hmm. and would come home, you know, back to the fraternity house, very drunk on many, many occasions. And then even into that fall when we were long distance in our dating relationship, I have this very distinct memory of, you having gone to um, Texas for what was it the the marketing association? Oh I can't gosh! Remember. I, wow. I want to say Quam- no, it was CUAMA uh, was it is AMA American Marketing Association? Yes, that's right. We went to Perot Systems. They had this. I don't know what they called it, but yeah, yeah. And so you know, like Tony had called a couple times while he was there, and like every time he was calling, I'm like, "Where are you?" He's like, "Oh, we just you know we were at the bar. We did this." And I remember after that that student trip that he was on, I remember having this conversation and I'm like, I think you have a problem with alcohol. And he was just like, I don't think so. And he again, got, young Tony folks. Like yeah. we're talking like 20, 21, 22. I think, it, I think it was probably like 21, 22 at this time. So, so give not, him grace. Not, not 49 year old Tony. Not, not the guy that's been working on his marriage for the last 15 years. Right. But so we've, we've had these situations. We've had these hard conversations and we've, it, it ultimately led to us making decisions for ourselves about how alcohol, because we did see it. We saw it impact our conversations. We saw it impact, you know, the trust that we mm-hmm. had in the marriage. We saw it impact. A lot. We didn't know what those things were all called back when we were experiencing them. We have a whole lot more vocabulary around what it would be now, but we saw the impact early on in our relationship and in our marriage. And we said, we're going to actually make different choices. Yeah. Now I will say 
just because we, we haven't gone full on drunk, there have definitely been times over the years drinking more than I would say I would want to, or not that I want to, but just letting loose a little bit more and getting buzzed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even that can and has caused frustration with both of us or what's what's happening. So not to the point of throw up drunk, and yet still that point where it's like, for me, I'm like, add two drinks, call it good, rock and roll, um, going to, you know, four, six, and being more in that buzz state. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've been there, and, and these are different times and different seasons. I, I, again, right now, I can't remember even for myself how long ago that would have been at this current moment in, in my in my life. What we know is this, is that if folks in the one family are talking about it, we have to address it. Mm. It's why mm. we're doing this episode. It's why, you know, when I start going, okay, well, how do people, you know, what what is the classification? How many people are actually impacted by this term heavy drinker? There was a study done by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration. Again, we'll have a link to mm-hmm. that. That among the 138.5 million people who are current alcohol users... 61.6 million people or 44.4% were classified as binge drinkers and 17.7 million people. So 28.8% of the binge drinkers and current alcohol users were classified as heavy drinkers. And that was a study that was released in 2020. So pr- even prior to, well, was it prior or yeah, it like, wouldn't have, it didn't include all of the, Oh, it did. So that's not even pan- including COVID. Yeah. It didn't include the pandemic. So right. Yeah. Like when we get into the COVID numbers in the last two years, one study actually found that alcohol use increased 39% between February and November of 2020. Yeah. I could see that. Right. And binge drinking saw an increase of 26% with a further increase of 30%. So, and the studies for 2021 are still being put together. All this to say is that alcohol is impacting people. Like that's a whole lot of, like when you start getting into millions of people that are in these classifications, that's a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a whole lot of married people. And alcohol is being used more and more frequently I mean, it's always been, it is a depressant, right? It's always been used to numb or soothe feelings. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that, that's not that's not a shocker. The last two and a half years with all the stress that people have been under, it's no wonder that people have turned to what is the most socially acceptable resource, tool, drug to be able to do that. Because when marriages are under stress. Is it a drug? No. Technically alcohol, I believe is a drug. It alters your state. Mm, okay. If you, if I, you, did, if you, if, I didn't actually. If, if we're using if we're using drug as a if we're using that definition, yeah, I totally I totally hear you. All right, now I feel like I've got to actually look that up just to be on the on the up and up for our audience. Well, yeah, well, I'm just saying because if I, if I'm going to say drug, then I'm going to think of more, you know, pot, marijuana, cocaine. All right, well, meth. Right. You know, that that's where that's where my head's going. And so there may be a delineation there between the two. Okay, according to a lot of what I find, and this is just a quick Google search while okay. Tony's talking here. Um, yes. It is considered a drug. Okay. There you go. Um, because of the effects on the brain. Okay. Um, there we go. There cool. we go. Okay, quick. Thank you for but but looking at this and going, Okay, this like I'm using this drug. It's it is socially acceptable. I mean mm-hmm. right. It's yeah. there, but it's, in, you know, when you go beyond what might just be that bonding, you know, like, let's just, Hey, 
it's a random Thursday night. Let's just go sit on the patio and have a beer or have a glass of wine where it's becoming the way that the two of you connect. It's becoming like, I, I literally just had a coaching session today with, um, with one of my clients and, and was talking about a really difficult time in their marriage. And this person was sharing with me, like, I just, I was feeling anxious. I just needed, I needed a drink. Okay. And I think that's, especially with the stressors over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. that has become more and more, I just need a drink. I need a little help to get through this. I need something to numb my feelings. I need to not feel this way. I, I, like I can't deal with all of the stuff. And the problem is when we choose not to deal with the stuff, then it actually becomes more stuff that we have to deal with, right? It becomes, it, it becomes impactful on our marriage. And, you know, we, we asked the question last week on Instagram stories. We said, how has alcohol use impacted your marriage? And I, I will tell you, yes, there were a few of you that were like, you know what? No problem. We either, we don't drink or you know what? We have a glass or two, no big deal. It's very infrequent. But more and more, there were the responses that were like, we had to stop drinking because of the arguments we were having when we drank. My spouse becomes angry when drinking becomes verbally abusive. Mm. My spouse worries excessively when drinking. When, it, when communicating, it seems like the responses are not thought through and are more impulsive. It's constant strife in my house. It gets in the way of the good stuff between us. Alcohol ended my first marriage. Mm-hmm. When one of us was drinking, it caused issues around priorities in our social time. Alcohol led to deeper depression. We have bigger fights. No small thing when we start talking about the challenges that are being faced by couples where there's problematic alcohol use. It's not just impacting your emotional intimacy because obviously it shifts the communication. It shifts, you know, like a few of those responses read, you know, the impulsiveness or how responses are thought out. But, you know, potentially there's the impact to the physical intimacy. Maybe there isn't physical intimacy or maybe it crosses the line into physical abuse Mm. because those those lines and, and the control is blurred. You can get into a place where it's impacting your recreational intimacy. As one of the responses said, it it caused issues around priorities in our social time, right? What are we doing? Is there going to be drinking there? Right? What does that look like? Oh, I don't want to go there. They don't drink. Or, you know, I'm going to have a beer first. Or I can't go do that because I want to go drink with my my girlfriends or my buddies or or do this. And your sexual intimacy. I know a few of you actually said it, it made your sex life better, but more and more of you said it got in the way. Mm. of the good stuff or you know it does impact performance not gonna lie and then that creates its own whole negative cycle mm-hmm. and likely it also is impacting your finances because if you're drinking that much you got to find a way to pay for it we need to talk about what to do when alcohol is impacting the in- intimacies in your marriage and at first i want you to know that we're standing with you yep in this battle we're going to talk about what to do after this break Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. 
OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're back and we're talking about how to deal with the impact that alcohol is having on your six pillars of intimacy. And, you know, as we, as we talk about some of these action items, I want you to know that nothing that you do individually in your marriage exists in a vacuum. And what I mean by that is that if you're engaging in behavior, which we all do on a daily basis, whether that behavior is positive or negative, it will and does impact your spouse. Mm -hmm. I got to say this. We gave all the stuff at the top. And if you're in a place where you're fighting this, please get help. Mm-hmm. If your spouse is there, you know, get them to that point where they're, they, they can at least listen and hear you out. Maybe it's somebody else. Um, I, I do want to say this too. We've been around long enough. Lisa and I have been around long enough to know that there are many marriages that have had problematic alcohol use and have gone through it. Mm-hmm. There are many a couples we know in the one family that we have seen, we have talked to, uh, Elisa has coached with, who have walked through this. It is not a, it is not the end of your marriage. For some of you, it may be because of the abuse around that happen that happens, and you need to go get protection and you need to go get help. Mm-hmm. You know, physical abuse emotional abuse. We've talked about this in the past. That is not where God has called you to be. It's not where he wants you to be sitting. So I just want to, I just want to say that because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talk about this and I just want you to know that there are two sides. And sometimes you're the one who needs to hear this message and you're the one who needs to get help. Mm-hmm. On the other side of it, you may be listening to this and going, my spouse needs help, but they don't want to listen right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's a little t- t- tougher place to get them to go. And yet when they hit rock bottom or if they're there, they need to get into a, a recovery, you know, be there for them. And, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen many marriages walk through this together and come out stronger on the other side. And with what Tony's saying there, I'm not an addiction specialist. Mm-mm. We're not addiction counselors. And there there are, literally from coast to coast, there are trained professionals who can assist the two of you with the alcohol issues in your marriage. So I just want to like train, like how to stop doing that. Um, you know, to his point, if you're the one that needs to hear this, keep listening. If your spouse is the one that needs to hear this and you're like, Tony and Lisa, like this would be great. My spouse doesn't want to listen. Go get help yourself. Can I just encourage you and stand behind you? And if I was there, I'd put both my hands on your back like Tony used to do when we were climbing up the mountains. And I, I, w- I would go with you, but I would encourage, it would be those loving hands on your back saying, we're going to do this together because you need the support 
for the challenge that you're in. This does, like I just said, this doesn't operate in a vacuum. Right. Right. It, it's impacting the two of you. And this week, you know, I'm going to encourage wherever the alcohol use is in your marriage, take a minute this week and reflect on what that use looks like. Right. How often is it happening? In what situations? What happens when one or the both of you has been drinking? Which intimacies in your marriage do you find are most impacted when the two of you are drinking? Like sometimes we just kind of go through the motions because we don't actually take the time to stop and go, what's going on here? Right. When are we doing this? How frequently does this happen? Oh my gosh. It's every time we like, we can't go out to a restaurant or hang out with friends or have a conversation unless it involves alcohol. Okay. There was a point in time in our marriage where that was the truth. Absolutely. And and it's being mirrored because I actually have a, you know, coaching couple that I'm working with right now and that's them. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Mm hmm been there and and this couple is actually walking through the decisions that they make and literally are creating a plan every time they're in a in a situation where alcohol might have been the default to go what are we going to do and they're actually being intentional Hmm. before they ever get there and it's even acknowledging what have we already tried in the past because likely if you're listening to this show and uh, this episode and you're like this is us you've you've tried different things to get the conversation started and Again, we want to acknowledge, we know that you've tried. We, we know it. Nobody gets to this episode the first time. It's like, oh, hadn't thought about that before. It's now starting to go, okay, who can we reach out to in this moment? Because, you know, the first time this episode is being aired, it is, you know, September 2022. I don't know where you are, but I know that there's four months left in this year. What is the end of this year going to look like? And what is the beginning of next year going to look like? Do you need to reach out to a local recovery program? Right? Do you need to, you know, I, I gave you the one, um, some numbers from the, the Substance and Mental Health Services Administration. We're going to put their, their website as samhsa.gov. And we'll put a link to them and their phone number in the episode notes. Can you reach out to your personal doctor? Takes a whole lot of courage to reach out to somebody you know, but you know what? They know you. They know you. They want to see you healthy, right? Stepping into this place of saying, okay, if the use has been problematic, what's at the root of it? Going into this place, has it been exacerbated by the last two and a half years? If it has, there's no surprise. Is there a family history of alcohol use that, you know what, needs to actually stop with your generation? Okay, do so. Get the help that you need, right? Because every single one of your six pillars of intimacy will be impacted when there's problematic alcohol use. It'll create a wedge in your marriage that if left unaddressed, will create an opportunity for divorce to happen. It'll create irreparable damage if the two of you don't take action on it. If you don't say, what is this going to look like? Because here's the thing. Like we have dear, dear friends that walked through this as a couple. Mm -hmm. They've created a solution that works for their marriage and they are happily married. Right? Every couple will determine with the help of professionals, what their solution is. But I want you to hear that there are solutions. Your six pillars of intimacy and your marriage do not have to continue to suffer just because you've suffered in the past. It's about the action that you'll take this week 
to go, what does this look like? And what's our vision for our marriage that we're going to go after and evaluate what alcohol looks like in that vision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, there are times when Elise and I get behind these microphones now and it's topics like this that I'll tell you, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about them. I, I, I don't, I'd rather just be like, Hey, you guys, let's talk about a new way to get into a new position or let's talk about oral sex or let's talk about a fun way to just go have fun and go on a date, you know? And yet episodes like this are needed. They're needed because when we get behind these microphones and it's always, and it has always been our desire is that we'll impact one couple. That's it. And if this, if this has been tugging at your heart and you've been listening to this and you're just like, yeah, Tony, but this, oh yeah, Lisa, but I'm okay. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, but if there's always a, but coming up after what we've been saying in this episode and you've been drinking and, and, and you're thinking, wow, this is, this is, has become problematic Then I am and Elisa and I both are going to encourage you to step out and start doing the research and go get some help and determine what you're going to do because you don't have to always have alcohol as a crutch to have the extraordinary marriage you desire. And maybe for some of you, that's what's been the crutch mm. and you want that extraordinary marriage and yet you got this crutch and it's time for you to walk without the crutch no more. So this week be bold enough to go, you know what? This isn't how I want to live. This isn't what I want to, to have in my life. It's not necessary anymore and take that step. And for each of us, it's going to be a little different. For those days when Elise and I knew we were in, in a spot, it was just like going, you know what? We need to set up new habits. And that new habit is means we're not going to go to the grocery store and we're not going to go buy beer or alcohol or anything anymore. It's not going to be in our house. We're not going to just drink for the heck of drinking. We're not going to go to a restaurant and, and buy a drink. Sometimes for some of us, it's just changing some habits. For mm -hmm. others, you may need to step into a center and get help. Whatever that is for you, know that we are here behind you. We are cheering you on. And we know that you can have the extraordinary marriage you desire. So go out there, make it happen. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.